want to share this morning, uh, it's amazing how God works. Because I'm going to talk to you about a walk of faith. And you've already all talked to me about your walk of faith. So I know what the Lord has in store. But I want to share uh, and say thank you for all of the prayers that have gone up for my wife. Uh, we've gone through all kinds of tests and everything that's taken place. And last, uh, last Wednesday, we met with a surgeon from Cleveland Clinic. And uh, she's come in and she talked to us. And the first thing she said was, well, we have found in the test that you do have a blockage uh, on on one side, and uh, we are thinking that you probably either need a stent or possibly to do a bypass. And as we talked a little further, uh, my wife said, well, the medicine has helped some, has it? And she said, oh, yes, And but the quality of life, you need to have the surgery. She said, well, I would like to continue the medicine if it would be okay for a while, and give the Lord a chance. And uh, she said, well, that would, you can do that. That would be okay. Uh, you'll, you'll probably ex- experience a, a bulging, maybe feeling in one eye. Uh, sight may not be real clear. Uh, you'll probably get a little more dizzy. And when that happens, then you need to do something about it. And so she said, we'll, we'll just run and see how long we can take the medicine. When that time comes, we'll do what we have to do. But she just wanted to continue uh, on the medicine and see what the Lord would have in store to do for her. And uh, for the testimonies we've heard here today, the Lord's still in the business of doing great things. And uh, He's doing great things in all of our lives. I, I want to thank the youth too because, you know, you were very scriptural going out there and picking up that trash because I thought about the scripture that I'm going to share this morning, not all of the chapter of chapter 14 in the book of Matthew, but in the beginning of that chapter, it talked about them feeding the 5,000. And you know, people back then was probably just about as dirty as they are today. Because it said when they were finished eating, the disciples, he told them, go out and pick up the trash. Go up and pick up what was left over. And he picked up 12 baskets. So y'all didn't pick up quite that many, but you, you did the job, and that's good. But let me drop down to verse number 22. And I want to share with you uh, something that I find in the Scripture. You don't always look for things that maybe we miss. Something that maybe our minds need to be, you know, expanded on. But it says in verse 22 of chapter 14, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go to the other side. While he would dismiss the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by waves because the wind was beating against it. During the fourth hour of the watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. And the Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come on the water. 
Jesus said, come. Then Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind and was afraid, he began to sink and cry out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? And when he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those that were in the boat worshipping him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. A walk of faith. I find that the Bible is a is full of people who took their belief very, very seriously. The Bible is a reality book. You see, when you look at it, it's a re- it tells the way life really is. The Bible tells us that there's a reality of good, but it also says there's a reality of evil. There's a reality of right, and there's a reality of wrong. And if you want to see all the rest of those realities for time's sake, take a note and write down and look at the book of Ecclesiastics because it tells about all of those realities in chapter number 3. But one thing you will find of the real people of God and who have faith is that their faith, those people's faith, is grounded in the realities that God has revealed in His Word. That's the reason why that, that believers are conquerors. That's the reason why that when cancer comes and when, when back gives you trouble and, and when you have heart problems and you have all these other diseases that go on, you become conquerors because of your faith in believing what the Word of God says. And so when I begin to think about that, you know, it's because believers have fastened their faith to the realities of God's Word. It is no wonder that when we open the text that I read to you this morning, that we find Jesus telling His disciples, I want you to go to the other side. Now, most people would read that and not think much about it. But thank God, there is another side to everything. When you're hurting, there's another side. And so that's what Jesus was trying to show to them. What an awesome statement. There is another side to despair. It's called faith. There's another side, my friend, this morning, to failure. It's called victory. There's another side to hate. It's called love. You see, it's called life. You know, there's, a, there's another side to death. It's called life. And, and what we find in Christians who take the Word God seriously is that for every negative, God gives us a positive. Every negative that happens in your life, if you're a Christian, God can give you a positive to it. Now, friends, that gives you an edge. That's why we can keep going as Christians when we get the pink slip that says the factory shut down. There's no work any longer. We don't give up and, and, and give up in despair. We simply say, God, you have something else for me on the other side. And so, you see, that's what we look for. Because we are Christians, we look at life with a, not in a tunnel vision. What's the basic problem that you face today? What is that problem that's driving you up the wall? What is it that weakens your faith? What is it that makes you uh, no longer believe? So, some, sometimes, you know, people have this, this feeling that, 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 that all despair is there. What can I do in these situations? You see, you've got to remember that there's another side 
to the one that's telling you that it won't work, to the one that tells you that you'll always be a failure. My friend, the devil, the enemy will say to you, forget about it. It's not for you to be happy. It's not for you to be sober. It's not for you to get off of drugs. It's not meant for you to succeed. It's not meant for you to be spiritual. And Jesus is trying to say in the midst of all of that, get in the boat and go on the other side. Because there's another side to what the devil is trying to tell you. The Lord's saying, I'm going to be there for you. Go in faith and I will be with you. Now the disciples got in the boat at that point. And you know, I thought about this when you think about it. They, they had just worked hard. They had, they had fed, they had delivered that food that Jesus had blessed and give to 5,000. They had fed all day. That's the reason why he wanted them to go to the other side and get some rest. But you know what? As they, as they got into that boat and started out, don't you know that the wind came along and tried to sink that boat? And I thought about that. You know, isn't that the way life is? About the time the devil or the Lord tells us to do something, the old devil sticks up his neck. Right away he says to him, isn't that just the way life is? When you're trying to do right, all kinds of things just go wrong. The disciples was out there rowing and rowing and rowing and, and that wind kept beating against and the waves got higher and higher. And you know what? All the time they're trying to get to the other side, Jesus is up on the mountain praying. But you know, even though he's on the mountain, he never takes you or me or the disciples out of his scope of range of knowing what's going on. Jesus knew what was going on. That's the reason why he came off of the mountain. That's the reason why he walked on that water towards those that were in fear on that boat that very day. He never takes us off of the radar scope. It doesn't matter where you're in in the fight. Jesus knows where you are. It doesn't matter how, what's happening in your life. My friend, He's aware of what's going on. And so He's saying to us, put your faith in Me, for I'll help you overcome it. My God cares about Me. He loves Me. And when I'm in His will traveling in faith, He will never desert Me. I believe that with all of my heart. All of the years that I have traveled up and down the length and breadth of this countryside, all around, Jesus has been with us. We have traveled hundreds and thousands and thousands of miles preaching the gospel, and Jesus has always been there to help us. He's kept us safe. He brought us the way it is. That's one of His promises that He can to us. He said He would always be with us. He was with the disciples, and they knew it. Jesus came walking on water. And I thought about that, you know. As he was walking on the water, somebody in the boat cried out, It's a ghost. Now, that doesn't say, but I know who cried out. I know who it was. It was Thomas. The reason I say that is because Thomas has always been a doubter. Thomas has always been the one that said, No, it won't happen. You see, it had to be Thomas. Somebody shouted, it's a ghost. It had to be Thomas. He didn't have much faith in the begin with. And now he's seeing this man walk on the water. And he said, man, it must be a ghost. It all set off a panic in the boat. And the Scripture says someone cried and one man cried and it's a ghost. And they all cried for fear. It sometimes, you know, that happens in the church. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes that's what happens in the church, you know. The church is like the boat. You see, one person tells you, one, one person comes along that's disconnected from the faith and stands up and says, it's a ghost, and the whole church becomes negative. They listen to what that one person says, and they start crying. One person says, it can't be done, and all of us begin to say, it can't do it. 
One person says it's impossible, and pretty soon the uh, you know the, the the whole group of people begin to doubt in their spirits and begin to say, well, I guess it's not possible for us. We're just a little church. We're just over here in this little hillside. Nothing great could happen here. Let me tell you something. The devil has a liar and has been one from the beginning. God can do great things in small places as well as big places if we'll learn to trust Him. You know, one of the things I found that happens in churches where Bible faith is not operating, one negative spirit somehow can get linked with other negative spirits. And the first thing you know, the first thing you know, they have brought that church to a standstill because one person said you can't do it. They had fear and panic in that boat. And I want to tell you something, in Jesus, in the midst of that fear and panic, Jesus had them on a radio scope. And so Jesus walked on the water and spoke to them. There's one thing that Jesus always responds to. It is when fear is taking over the mind of those Christians. When fear begins to take over, Jesus said, Be not afraid. Be of good cheer. It is I. You see, fear is the greatest enemy to faith. Fear is the thing. When, when you hear the call, when you hear the request, when you hear what the doctor says, when you hear what somebody else tells you, you see, immediately fear begins to take a hold of us. And when it does, we lose the faith that we need to have. Fear is the thing that causes a person to be divided. It creates a feeling of helplessness. Helplessness. How many ghosts have come to your life has caused you to believe you cannot be what God wants you to be? How many times has that old devil came and said, you can't go forward, you can't get on the other side. We could not reach our goals. We cannot do what we feel we would like to accomplish, what God has called us to do. We could not grow and be the spiritual person that He wants us to be, when in reality we've got something inside of us that's more powerful than that fear. And that is the fact that the Bible tells me greater is He that is within me than he that is within the world. And so God has given me the power. God has given me faith to believe. You see, the Lord, that's what we have the Word of God. The Lord said, greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And I'll not give up to that fear. I'll not fall helpless because I have the Word of God and the power of God to overcome all of the enemy brings my way. Now I want you to notice, Peter said, Lord, if that be you, bid me to come. And you know what Jesus said? He looked at Peter and said, come on. How many times, you know, has, uh, have you prayed and the Lord said, well, trust me. And you begin to look around and you see the wind and you see the waves. You begin to doubt. You begin to get a little fearful. And all the time, Jesus is saying, Come. Come. God is always eager to increase your faith. I want you to know this morning, God is always ready to enlarge your trust. God is always ready to teach you greater faith in Him. And the only way that He can teach you is for you to obey what He has to say. We grow through faith in our response to it. We see that with God's help, we can do far more than we've ever dreamed. Then we will ever start dreaming greater dreams today. The reason why we don't dream great dreams is because of our fear. 
were afraid. Let me tell you something. I, I can tell you that from an experience as a young guy starting in ministry. When somebody said, they want you to go down here and preach at this particular church. And, and I begin to look and see, and people tell me, you know what, there's going to maybe 200, there may be 500 people there. And, and you begin to get fearful. <laughs> I, was, I was pastoring a church in Pennsylvania. And the church was doing well. The church was growing. And our home church was out in Newton Falls. Just a little McCatchin. She had a Christian worship hour. And uh, my son sang a lot on the hour. She called. I was sitting at my desk, and, and I picked up the phone. And, and, of course, as soon as I answered the phone, I could tell the voice on the other end. She said, Brother Gary, this is Sister Lily. How are you today? I said, I'm doing fine. She said, I've been just sitting here praying and thinking. I would like for you, if you can look at your schedule, I would like for you to come and do our spring revival. I said, really? She said, I just feel that that's the person. I just feel that our congregation would love you. I believe they love you. I believe you ought to come. I said, well, I, I, I guess I can do that. I hung up the phone and then fear came. I went home early for lunch and said to my wife, you can't believe what I've done. She said, what did you do? I said, Sister Lily called me, and uh, she said, really, what, what, what did she need? And I said, she wanted to know if I would come and hold her spring revival. And I said, yes. And now I'm devil thinking this thing. I mean, I'm talking about a church, you know, back then when she had a church, they were running a thousand people. They had a television program every Sunday morning. And then she added to it, she said, by the way, we're going to be recording. She said, I know you preach on Sunday morning, but we're going to do some advertising. And I would like for you to come to Newton Falls after your morning service, and I would like to do an advertisement for the revival. And I begin to shake. I begin to think, this will never work. This will never... Why in the world did I ever do a thing like that? But you know what? God knew what He was doing. Because it became evident within the first service. First of all, I wondered how I could ever preach with Sister Lily sitting back here. And you know what? The first thing she said on that Sunday morning, she said, now folks... This is our own family member. This is one of our boys, and, and he's going to preach, and I know him well enough that he wants to preach to me too. So I'm going to sit down there. Well, that took care of one of the fears, you know. <laughs> Louise, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, you have these great preachers sitting behind you, and you're going to get up there and, and try to preach. But you know what? Fear is a terrible thing. It'll ruin us if we're not careful. I, I want to tell you something. As we begin to think about this, as Peter was out there, he, there was fear came. He saw the Lord and he said, Now, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Hey, you know what? I can almost imagine Jesus smiling and saying, Come on, boy. Come on, boy. Step over that boat. And Peter did. He stepped right over the side. And when he stepped over, he got the other foot there, and he began, he had his eyes on Jesus, and he began to walk. And as the devil always works, he began to feel the wind at his back. He began to turn his head away from Jesus and saw the waves, and he heard the wind, and he began to sink. Why? Because he took his eyes off of Jesus. Do you know why people sink today? Because they put their eyes on other things. 
instead of activating their faith. It's what Jesus said. You know, I used to say, if Jesus said it, that settles it. I believe it and that settles it. You know what? I begin to think one day, you know what? If Jesus said it, whether I believe it or not, that settles it. (laughs) You know? Because what Jesus says is true. And so here Peter was out there on that water, and he began to walk. And and now Peter is one of them. Peter knew uh, what the Lord had said. He was able to do, my friend, what what the Lord promised that he would have him to do. And so he began to walk on the water. And then, uh, as many people do, he estimated his faith, and he estimated his God. And Peter was one of them that said, uh, I know what the Lord can do. I know what He's able to do. He don't play games with us. And so Peter, as he began to sink, you know what he did? He cried out. He said, Lord, save me. And the Bible says Jesus took him by the hand. I want you to notice something here. The very place where Peter went under, where Peter went down, where Peter fell. You know what a lot of people say? Well, you say he walked on the water. Well, he sunk. Yes, he did. But you know what? He had enough humbleness about him that when he failed, he knew who to turn to. The problem that most people have today is they're not humble enough. When they fail, even as Christians, when you fail, when you don't succeed, when you don't do, you're, you're ashamed to say anything when you need to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. Help me and I'll not do it that way again. You know what? Peter on that very place. Think about this. Where Peter went down. And he reached up as he was sinking. He cried out with his hand in the air, Lord, save me. And Jesus took his hand and he lifted him up. I want you to notice, the very spot where Peter was sinking, he walked back hand in hand with Jesus. You know what that tells me? It tells me that'll preach. It tells me that with Jesus we can overcome the very things we think on. The very place where we failed, with Jesus at our side and holding our hand, we can walk again. So you don't want to say, well, I failed, I'll never live that life, I'll never make it, I'll never go. Let me tell you something, the devil would like you to believe that, but that's not true. With God, all things are possible. With God, we can do anything. With God's help, my friend, we can accomplish things that we would never accomplish on our own. But you see, Peter had to learn that. Simon Peter could not, uh, uh, you know, walk on that without having Jesus. A new ability came within him. Now I want you to know, you can say what you want about that old boy sinking, but he walked. Peter not only walked, but I'm going to tell you something. Peter failed in the pursuit. But there's worse things that could happen. There's worse things that could have happened. It, it's, it, you know, to never try to do what God says is worse than trying them and failing. Because I'll tell you one thing, we've all had some failure. We've all had some times, my friend, nobody bats 1,000 doing everything God calls them to do. Failure is not the worst thing that can happen. The thing that I love about Simon Peter is that he knew that he was sinking, but he also made him think about the, the other things that Peter had sunk about. You know, Peter knew. You know, I call Peter, it's a sinking Peter. You know why? Think about it. All, Peter's the one guy in the Scriptures that sunk more than anybody. 
When Jesus told the disciples and gathered them together and said, Now my time on earth is about over, and I'm going to be preparing, and they're going to take my life, Peter said, No way are they going to put a hand on you. But Peter was there. Remember? <laughs> when, 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 and another time, I, I think about Peter... You know, when Jesus went to pray and had them pray with him, and they went up into the mountain and they were praying, and Peter, uh, Jesus went a little further than them, and when he came back, Peter had fell asleep. He's supposed to be praying. Another time, you think about Peter. Uh, Peter was there that day when Jesus was showing them the example of humility and how they needed to be servants of one another. And, and he washed the disciples, began to wash the disciples' feet, and Peter said, no way, no way will you ever wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. What did Peter say? Then, Lord, wash me from head to toe. <laughs> he wanted to be washed all over then. But it was Peter. Peter is the guy that kept sinking. Peter was the guy. But you know something? I thought about this. He was that sinking Peter. You may find more failures of Peter in the New Testament than anybody else. But let me tell you, this is the guy that God wants to use. You see, because Peter, because he got his heart, in his heart what he wanted to do for God, he got in his mind that he wanted to believe all things are possible. It doesn't matter how many times he sinks and when his life is filled with the Holy Spirit, that same Peter was the one, if you remember, that after all of those sinkings that came to the temple, and there sat this beggar that had been carried there day after day after day for years, and here come the disciples for the hour of prayer. And as they came, they saw him, and he had his basket out there begging for alms money. You know, we have them today. It was Peter. It was Peter that said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto you. What did he give them? Faith. I want you to know when I read that, I begin to think, James didn't say it. Matthew didn't say it. John didn't say it. It was old sinking Peter who simply said to that man that was sitting there all of those years begging for something from God, and he said, I want to give you what I have, what God's given me. The reason why today we have problems with people witnessing to people, they have nothing to give. It's kind of like, you know, we, we become kind of like the old, uh, I used to call Electrolux. Now they got all these newer fancy names. But you know the old sweeper guy that came to the door and knocked on the door? He always brought that sweeper along. He always had a bag of dirt with him. He'd throw it on your carpet and suck it up. It wasn't walked in. But you chase those guys down after they've worked for that sweeper company for a couple of months, they've lost their job. Because you know what? They sell to all their family members. And then when they can't meet their quota any longer, they get rid of them, hire somebody else, got some more family members. You know what? That's what we do. You know, we don't tell people enough. We don't witness enough. Like you did this morning. You see, you need to tell people what God's done. You need to assure them that cancer's not the end. That there's more to it. There's no more to it than back surgeries when the doctor says you may be paralyzed because you've got a faith that believes that God's able to do all things. You see, that's what we need. We need to have a walk of faith in the church today like they had back then. 
It's not a terrible thing to find yourself sinking, but it's a terrible thing when you don't have enough humility to admit that you're sinking. You see, it's not bad to have things go wrong, but friends, it's worse when they go wrong and you're not able to have enough humility to say, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. And the Scripture says, instantly Jesus reached out, took Peter by the hand, and they walked back to that boat. And you know when they got back to the boat, the amazing thing was? I I would have thought the disciples already realized who He was. But you know the Scripture says that they didn't realize exactly who He was until after they got back in the boat. And then they said, surely you must be the Son of God. You must really be that one. You must really be the one that God sent. The disciples finally realized who He was. You know what? It would be good for some of us to realize who Jesus really is. He gives us strength to walk back over the things we had. You know what? I thought about that's the reason why God, when a person really has the faith and really believes and really trusts, and that's what a service like this is all about. When a person is so down and they don't know where to turn to, They're so sick of life. That's the thing, my friend. I believe that's the reason why God can take an alcoholic and give him the power to walk right by the bars that used to enslave him. I pastored some of those folk. Some of those people that have knelt at an altar and said, God, I'm sick and tired of this kind of life. I'm tired of having hangovers. I'm tired of not having any money to pay the bills because this thing has got a hold of me. I need help. And they were humble enough to give themselves and that problem to the Lord. I've known people the same thing. That's exactly the reason why that God can take a drug addict and clean them up and straighten them out and give them the power to walk right beside, right or past that pusher that one time enslaved them. That's the same, my friend, with the person of any problem that you have. God can give us the power, my friend, to face that problem and give us... Give us the power over it. Now this is the time you can face with God to be victorious. To be victorious. Jesus and Peter walked back together into that boat and they got in and the people marveled at it. They just said, my, 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 what what this is. But I'm going to tell you something. Think about what they would have missed if they'd have just said it's a ghost and pedaled a lot further, which most of us would have done. I mean, most of us would have said, give me that oar. You're not doing it fast enough. Let's get off to the, let's get to the other side. But you know what? They didn't do that. I thought about it. What would have it been had Peter not humbled himself and believed God enough to step out of that boat? They might have never realized who Jesus really was. You know what? Some of you may never realize who Jesus is until you come to Him with the burden, the heartache, the trials, the temptations, whatever there might be. Oh, you think, well, they, they have them, and I know He's done it for other people, but, but you don't see yourself in that position. Somewhere along the line, we have to come to the place to say, Lord, if you've done it for John, and you've done it for Beverly, and you've done it for Dean, you've done it for others, you can do it for me. Because God's no respecter of persons. Yeah, God don't care what you look like, uh, what color your hair is, how you dress, how, how you, where you live. All He knows is, is that there's a need within you that He wants to help supply. Now, they know who God is. I want to ask you, how do you know? You know what? You will never know who God is until you come to Him in faith. 
Until you come to God offering Him your problem. People say, well, you don't understand. I've had a lot of people sit across the desk from me and say, Preacher, you can say what you want, but you don't understand my problem. I say, I don't need to understand your problem. God already knows about it. You need to bring it to God. You need to say, Lord, I've got this problem and I need help with it. You need to bring to Him your, your, your problems. You need to bring to Him your life. You need to bring to Him your sicknesses that you're feeling day after day. You need to bring to Him your frustrations. Anybody in here has ever been frustrated? Oh man, I'm telling you, I mean, that's a daily thing. Bring your weaknesses. The things that, that you find that causes you to, to, to not do what God wants you to do. Not be faithful to what God wants you to, faithful, to be faithful to. You see, we all have those weaknesses. We need to offer them to the Lord and say to the Lord, you can help me walk over these things and have that are pulling me down, that's, that's discouraging me. You'll never know how great God is until you trust Him with all of your life. You'll never know. You see, we give little portions, but that's not enough. Jesus doesn't want a portion of your life. He wants all of your life. And when you give it all to Him, I want to tell you something, He will supply every need that you have. I want you this morning to realize that I don't know what it is that's pulling you down under. I don't know what it is that's, that's causing this, but He's saying to you this morning, you need to step out of the boat. You need to step out of the boat and bring Him the sin that's within your life. It's there. You need to step out of the boat and bring to Him the weaknesses that causes you to give in when you say, I'll never do it again, and then you turn around and do it anyway. You need to bring that to Him today. You need to bring to the Lord that guilt that is always hanging behind you. Whenever, you know, that's the worst thing that Christians have. Is there some guilt back here? Something that, that maybe you thought you said or you thought somebody else was thinking of you. You need to bring that guilt to the Lord today and say, God, here it is. I'm tired of it. I want to be delivered from it. You need to bring your habits and your attitudes. Jesus said, I can give you the victory if you'll step out of the boat. So I asked you this morning, as we sing, that, that maybe this morning you need to step over the side of that boat. Now, you maybe feel a little bit antsy about that. I hear people do that all the time on a Sunday service. When the song begins to sing and you give the invitation and their hearts begin to flutter and, and they feel like they need to do something but they're afraid. You see, that's the fear. You need to step out. Step out of the boat. Step out of the pew. Step out and find Jesus right here at this altar that will take care of every need you have. You can walk out of here across that water with Jesus in your hands. He'll make you have the best week you've ever had in your life if you'll just respond to Him. I'm going to give you that opportunity. I'm going to ask you to stand together as we're ready to sing and, and ask you to make that way. Whatever it is, you don't need to tell me about it. Tell the Lord. He's the one that can solve the problem. Father, this morning... We pray that you would help us all to have a greater walk of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, yet not yet seen. But today they can become a reality in the lives of those who sit here. Father, there may be a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl, I don't know. But Lord, you know this morning what they're dealing with. You know what's frustrating them. You know what's holding them back. You know what's keeping them from giving everything they have to you. Father, let this be the day they surrender it. Lay it here and walk out of this place with your hand in theirs. 
knowing God that you're going to take them through the week victoriously with excitement and telling others of what Jesus has done in their life. Bless and touch hearts and lives right here this morning as we sing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you come?